tribute. Long time ago, me and my brother Kyle here, we was hitchhiking down a long and lonesome road. All of a sudden, there shined a shiny demon in the middle of the road. And he said, You're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Joseph! We are back! You're on Sin Nation! We're on episode 9 of our incredible seasonal show. We are interviewing incredible young people. We're giving you crazy, crazy news. You're with your favourite radio host, Sean. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm feeling absolutely fantastic. It's great to be back for a, another show. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys this evening, front and centre, where we highlight the achievements of incredible young people. Jules, how's your week been? Oh, I'm so excited. I've had a great week. It's been it's been intense, but I mean, actually, no, it hasn't. All I've done is do an assignment. Um, so I had a boring week, but I've got a couple of funny things to talk about from that, that I've been told this week. Firstly... I gotta say, as I've noticed for the past, say, 10 years, I'm a terrible procrastinator. I'm a terrible procrastinator. I'm always leaving my assignments at the last minute. I try to justify it by saying that Leonardo da Vinci was a huge procrastinator. Um, but Martin Luther King Jr. once said that you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. And I think that's the philosophy <laughs> of this show. What's, what's, why are you laughing, Sean? <laughs> just putting that into my study mode that I'm in at the moment. A lot of assignments coming mm. up soon. So yeah, I'll, just, I'm just, I'll just take the first step. I'll think about it. And then I'll take a half an hour break. Yeah, and then I'll, and then I'll go I'll, I'll go back down. I'll just sit down, have a bit of a break on the staircase on the first step. But yeah, I mean that's the whole philosophy of the show. I mean you just gotta you just gotta do it, and if you do it, you just do great things. I mean we ask every week our incredible guests, what are your tips? And their tips are just to work hard. So I mean that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate come home message. I guess everyone can switch off their radios now because you've all heard it. you've heard it all. <laughs> uh, speaking of. Uh, working hard. So our special guest, time to introduce mm. who we're going to be talking to today. We've got uh, Reese Toms, uh, also known as Black Summer, 14-year-old DJ producer out of Canberra. This guy blew up a couple of years ago on Triple J Unearthed and since has gone from strength to strength. He's played Groove in the Moo. He's uh, you know got attention from uh, Flume, Dead Mouse, worked with some amazing producers and can't wait to uh, have a chat with him. Pretty exciting. I'm calling this episode the Front and Center Electronic Special. <laughs> That's my electronic noise. I just thought out on the spot. That was terrible. Yeah, all show, we, uh, <laughs> we've chosen a whole bunch of our favorite uh, electronic songs. So To suit Black Summer's uh, personal choices, we thought, might as well keep it consistent. He's give, if he's given us some electronic music to play, then we're going to give him some electronic music to listen to. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very different from the normal music that we like to play on this show. You know? Sean is adamant about his indie Australian music. <laughs> And I'm in, adamant about my mainstream music. <laughs> so we're going to hopefully you know, try and combine that into some nice electronic selections. Should be good. So a couple of things. Firstly, shout out to my friend Louisa. She sent me a message today saying with a screenshot from a Wikipedia page that said quarter life crisis that is generally experienced by 20 to 30 year olds who have no idea what they want to do with their lives. Mm. And I could not relate to that more right now, Sean. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> what I want to do. <laughs> Laugh it off, Jules. You will be absolutely fine. I'm not crying from laughter. 
<laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's all happening, Jules. I mean, you know, five or six weeks, and we please stop. We are out I hate of. You. We're out Why of the uni bubble. To me? <laughs> we graduate in six weeks, and you know, Jules. So uh, exciting! So yeah. exciting to graduate and be even more confused and conflicted <laughs> about my life. Um, I've got to say, guys, so a, a lot of us will be receiving our plebiscite postal vote surveys in the... That was a bit superfluous of a sentence, but in the mails. Um, I've got to say, guys, uh, this is a bit of a pet peeve of mine, um, but something that annoyed me in the last general election was seeing everyone post on Facebook with, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote for Harambe <laughs> <laughs> instead of, you know, the actual candidates. Yeah. Um, but I think this, this plebiscite has done the complete opposite, where people are posting boomerangs and photos of them ticking yes as if to say hey everyone look i'm not a bigot it's like guys you don't have to post this crap on your feeds to to prove to everyone that you're voting yes because this shouldn't be oh i'm cool so i'm gonna vote yes Mm. this should be i'm gonna vote yes because it's the right thing to do and i just think it's stupid and the abs agree they said don't post photos of your vote because it can compromise it can compromise your vote because there's a specific, there's a special barcode on there that if someone else sees, they can copy. I mean, it's unlikely. They can copy and then send in a vote using your personal identification barcode and thus null your your vote. So not only is it going to disadvantage you, but you also look like an idiot. Yeah, this vote is for you know the good of the whole society. It's not about showing off, you know, oh, how cool you are for you know choosing to vote yes. Look, I'm voting yes. Jules, I'm sure you'll be voting yes. Of course. Let's just you know work on this together. We don't have to go showing it off. You know, talk about talk about it with people, raise awareness. Yeah. And, People's you know, human rights shouldn't be something that you're showing off on Facebook to get more likes. Hopefully, we can all get this through by the end of the year. I would love to see this pass the parliament. 100%. Finally, percent. Hopefully, this. Um, this is going to be all behind us and Australia can catch up with the rest of the world. <laughs> You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Julesa on Sin Nation. You heard the laughs and I'm sure the laughs are just are getting started. We've come to the unheard of and random, random news part of Front and Centre of the Week. Sean, we've got it. We, we managed to get a theme up this week. We managed to get a theme back up. We haven't had a proper theme for a couple of weeks, so we've got one back up this week. Yeah, what, what theme have we got going on today here, Jules, with our weird and wacky news? Welcome to the news with Bance Bance Revolution discussing <laughs> weird art exhibits. Let's go, Jules. Now, this first one. That's my news sound. That's my news music. Jules, uh, do you love the movie Up? Oh, I haven't seen it since a kid because I don't want to cry whenever I watch the start of a movie. <laughs> I hate crying in movies as it is, let alone the first 30 seconds. Up. Goddamn it, Pixar. <laughs> Such an emotional movie. Brings back... It's an emotional hot air balloon ride. Very, very triggering. <laughs> to be sure. Yeah. Uh, now, Mitchell, what's been going on here? There's something from... A scene from Up has pretty much been recreated in real life on a bit of a bigger scale. Mm, a bit of a smaller scale, you mean. Um, rather than an entire house, this one artist, no, no, Noemi Lakmeya, uh, um, uh, it seems to be a theme that I can't pronounce stuff on this show, but she's an artist um, who strapped 20,000 helium balloons to herself. It looks just like a scene from Up for nine hours. She was suspended in front of spectators in the Sydney Opera House. It was, it was crazy. It was part of um, the Opera House's Antidote Festival. And hers, her, her, her display was called Chirophobia, which is the fear of happiness. 
right? Mm. So she says that being frightened of what we want seems to push and pull and leave us in a constant catch-22, which I totally see. I totally agree with that. You know, we try to sacrifice stuff or compromise to be happy or we try to do things to be happy, but then sometimes those things backfire and then we're not happy and Mm. then we're trying to get happy again. It's just a vicious cycle of trying to be happy. (laughs) So by attaching 20,000 balloons to yourself and floating up to the top of the Sydney Opera House, you are saying... It would make me happy. (laughs) No, no. So, um, So the point was that there's this link between the body, her body and the balloons. So through the use of everyday materials, um, so it's this con- so it's her thing to construct temporary living installations, alternate physical realities. Her, she, she uses a wheelchair. Oh, so wow. for her, this forced her to give up control, which was her, mm. one of her fears, to give up the control. Um, but this was only nine hours. Sean, she's done this for 48 hours last year. 48 hours. 48 hours. She did this, what, last year in, in London? In London, it, correct. There's so many... I'm, so, I've got so many questions about that. 48 hours. How are you getting food up yeah, there? I was gonna how, say the how first thing the I'm toilet? worried about is the, is the food, the toilet, and the water. Not even the fact that... I'm, I, don't, I don't know how comfortable it would be, but I mean... <laughs> Bloody hell, like, that would be ridiculous. Having a, having a snooze. <laughs> Tell you what, this isn't the most ridiculous art exhibit, though. There was a, I talked about the blood art exhibit at Melbourne Uni. I'm not sure if that's still on mm. anymore. Um, that I went to a couple of weeks ago. In that, this French artist went to Slovenia and injected herself with horse blood. Sorry, trigger warning. And injected herself with horse blood to try to, to be closer to a horse. It was, it was so wacky. Like, What? What is this? I stopped listening as soon as you said blood. I was like, I'm out of here. That's Sean's fear. Sean has a fear of happiness um, and a fear of blood. So this balloon thing in London last year, which, you know, we've got another weird thing happening in London at the moment. Oh, yes. Good segue, Sean. Absolutely. Um, Sean, one of the biggest fatbergs ever seen in Britain. Uh, has has a, has appeared as, as as long as three soccer pitches. It's blocking an East London sewer. Chuck the clip on. So down there we found a big fatberg, and a fatberg is a congealed mixture of fats, oils, and greases—the kind of stuff you might flush down your kitchen sink. Mixed in with sanitary items, especially like wet wipes that might get flushed down the toilet, and they mix together to create a concrete-like fatberg. And it's that fatberg here which is. One of the biggest we've ever seen. Uh, about 130 tonnes, 250 metres in length. That's like two Wembley football pitches. Um, and the problem is that that blocks the sewer and can cause flooding to local residents and pollution to the environment. Oh, my God. Yeah, so you've heard it right there. Jules, we're just having a bit of a laugh here. Just, not just because of the accent, but a fatberg. Fat I mean, the Titanic hit a fatberg, everyone. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. There's just something ridiculously funny about hearing a British guy say the word fatberg. <laughs> Oh my god! Just so this casually thing. too, you know, like you know, there's just another fatberg. You know, we yeah. see them all day. Look, let's oh bloody fatbergs, man, all so, the time. As he said, oh my god. Uh, this fat... thing, this thing weighs 130 tons. So it's basically just all of this, just random, random things, which is all you know, congregated together. And uh, you know, yeah. there's been uh, the whole idea. Oh, this guy's been talking about it. He's saying that look, this is basically showing how outdated the infrastructure is in London. Oh, it can't handle, <clears throat> like, everyday everyday issues. But, I mean, at the same time, this is pretty bad because this is stuff you can avoid washing down your sink, like fat, oil, grease, mm. wipes being put down the toilet yeah. instead of toilet paper. Yummy. This... They said, when he said it was a concrete-like structure, he wasn't joking. This is like breaking up concrete. <laughs> That's how thick and big this is, which is... I, I can't fathom how that even happened. They just discovered it on a routine check. Imagine being a sewage worker, Sean, walking around. It's a nice sunny day in the London sewage, which is, you know, just as sunny as the rest of London. Um, <laughs> and you just turn around the corner, and there's 250 metres of just literal crap 
basically <laughs> solidified a crap. A fat poo. Oh, 130 tons, 10 double-decker buses. I, I can't even fathom that. Now, that's not mm. actually the weirdest thing about this story. Because, Remember, we're talking about art exhibits here. Yeah, the Museum of London, have, you know, they've seen this fat bag. You know, you know what they've thought? I congratulate the person who thought this. They thought, you know what? This would be... Great in our museum. Let's get a piece. <laughs> let's get a piece of this fatberg, and I, let's just put it in the museum for people to see. But yeah, look, I like it. I, I like that. I like that idea. I would go see it. So this is the Museum of London that wants to do this, um, and Alex Werner says that it calls the attention calls attention to the way in which we live our modern lives mm. in our modern city. It talks about, uh, like you said before, the breakdown yeah. of the infrastructure. Yeah. Um, so basically, he's saying that look, we want this in our museum because in fifty time, fifty years time, it's going to be a great way to look back at London now and see the kind of things that are going down, and you know, do a bit of comparison. He's, he assumes that you know this isn't going to happen in in fifty years time because it'll all so. be fixed. Yeah. But you know, I reckon I reckon this is just the start. This is just that. I mean, this isn't a new thing. This happened a few years ago. Um, in I think it was. Uh, Whitechapel in London or I don't know somewhere else in London they had the same thing and it's still happening this was like three or four years ago so you think they'd, they'd probably fix it up and we're like oh well that's not going to happen again <laughs> Fatbergs no worries <laughs> they're taking over the world <laughs> I think that's the last Fatberg we've seen really sure are there other Fatbergs in the world or are you just saying they're taking over the world Oh, I'm, I just, I'm very, I'm very sceptical here. I mean, if we can get a 130-ton fatberg, who's to say that we can't get a fatberg the size of the world, which will just, you know, end civilization? Wow, that, that got real deep really quick. Let's stop throwing that is, out that is an conspiracy theory, everybody. <laughs> fatberg is heading for Earth. It's gonna kill us all. Um, moving on. <laughs> so, in our third weirdest, uh, this isn't as so much an art exhibit as it is just an exhibit, I guess. But everyone loves cats, Sean, right? Uh, no, I don't like cats. Yeah, neither does my mum. She's allergic. But <laughs> everyone loves cats. <clears throat> um, thing is, though, have you ever heard of the amazing Acro Cats? Uh, no. Oh, because I didn't either until <laughs> three hours ago. <laughs> no, this is a travelling troupe of house cats. I wouldn't expect you to hear about it, Sean. Especially so you, if you, you say cats. Acro Cats, is that, like acro a, cat. is that a play on words? It's a play on acrobats. Acrobat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Acrobats obviously being bats who fly in the air and exactly. you know, do a somersault. Acro yeah. is, I'm um, yeah. pretty sure, a Latin word for something with air. So Acro Cats, I'm imagining cats <laughs> doing things. They're not they're, they're not. they're not flipping on the trapezium or anything like that, Sean. So there's a travelling cr- troupe of cats that ride skateboards, they play musical instruments. You know, sometimes they get a bit bored and just wander into the audience and, you know, get, get a, a bit of a scratch under the neck and stuff. Um, but this is actually quite nice because the group has helped save lives for more than 200 kittens over the past few years. The founder, Samantha Martin, started this troupe around 2005 and then in 2009 she started to start, decided to start rescuing cats. So she takes them around, trains them a bit and then she gives them to a good home. So she sort of passes them on. She doesn't, you know, torture them either. She she makes it, she uses positive reinforcement rather than punishment. Mm. Tries to let them be just cats by giving them this decked out travel bus which is pretty incredible. But the thing that I wanted to ask on the show, I mean, obviously bring this to people's attention because it's a pretty wacky thing. But, Sean, do you think this is ethical to train yeah. cats to, to, for shows like this? Training any kind of animal certainly raises some questions. I mean, we've come a long way. I mean, I remember... I'm surprised I haven't done the Cats musical with these guys. <laughs> I mean, I've, you know, I used to go to the circus all the time and mm. you just think, oh, should those animals be doing that and then going up into the... In, into their cages all locked up. This is a little bit different though. There's good uh, good news here that they're, you know, trying to save these cats and, mm. you know, team up with these local rescuers and whatnot. But yeah, still, I'm just a little bit hesitant about the words, you know, especially acro cat. It's just so, it <laughs> looks a little bit, you know, potentially money making. Like, oh, look at these, training these cats to do amazing things. It's a little bit, uh, I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on it, but, you know, if they can help some more cats get their lives together, <laughs> then, you know, 
Who am I to judge? Yeah, exactly. I absolutely agree, Sean, 100%. It's another beautiful day because you're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Julza. Alrighty, welcome back to Front and Centre on Sydney Nation with Sean and Julza, where we highlight incredible young people. We are joined on the phone by Black Summer, a young producer out of Canberra. How's it going, mate? Going pretty good. Yeah, good. Cool. Thanks for coming. Thanks for thanks for calling in. Thanks for joining. Yeah, us. thanks for having me. Uh, so, Black Summer. First question is first. <laughs> How old are you? Because I think that's the que- that's um, the thing that blows everyone's minds most of all. Well, I'm not 11 anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 14 now. So yeah, it's been a few years. Yeah, Still since going. the Triple J unearthing. Yeah, it feels like it was yesterday, though, still to me. Yeah, just really past, fast few years. Yeah. What, you, what, what have you been up to? What sort of, what's what's changed over the past few years for you as a musician, as a person? Yeah, well, um, people have wondered why I've been a bit quiet lately, and it's mostly because I've needed to build up my skills, you know, to make more professional-sounding music. So I've been learning new programs, learning about song structure, chord progressions, and basically just all that kind of stuff and learning a new program actually which is a bit challenging but just been writing lately yeah yeah do you ever find that particularly challenging or do you like really enjoy it sometimes i'll be like making a song and i'll come up with this this hook that i love in like a couple hours but then other times it might take me a week it's 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 really weird because it's kind of like, to me, it's like rolling a dice. Like, am I going to make this song in a few nights or am I going to make this song in, like, a month or a few weeks? So, yeah. Now, where do you get the inspiration to write these songs? Do you draw on a lot of other musicians, personal experiences? Can you give us a bit of insight into that? Well, I guess, like, how I feel at the time really affects my music. Um, some songs, when I'm not very happy, it might be, like, a bit of a, like a, a darker kind of, you know, um, sadder song, but... If, I, if I'm in a good mood, I might make something really poppy and happy. Um, it's also kind of just like what I hear, you know, if I get into a new genre, I'll make a song in that genre. And yeah, pretty much like that. And how old were you when you first got into it? Well, it was actually one of my phases when I was like 10 years old. Like I was just, I was just uh, mucking around with music once because before it I was making video games, board games, comics and... Being a normal kid, basically. <laughs> Sorry? Being a normal kid. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, oh, I'm going to make music today. And um, it exploded. <laughs> so I just I just guess that uh, that's what I'm going to pursue now. And I'm pretty happy that it's gone like this, yeah. Now, when you say exploded, uh, you really mean exploded. Like, uh, you basically <laughs> were a nuclear bomb. <laughs> you went off. You've... Um, I watched the video before. You had shout-outs from Flume, Dead Mouse. You were playing Grooving. Grooving. You yeah. were playing Slimefest. Yeah. You were playing Summonats. Like, that's incredible for, not, not, yeah, and that's incredible for anyone. Ha- yeah, it's it's especially incredible for, for, like, a kid, you know, at the time, you know. It's, oh, it's yeah. insane. What was that like for you, like, just having all that just happen for you? It was insane. We were camping at the time, so when it exploded when we were, like, we were just camping and it was draining our dough because all this stuff was happening and <laughs> we are getting like a message from someone every five seconds and yeah, it just, it literally exploded like over a night. So, yeah. Now, how did you deal with all this attention uh, and still studying at school and how did your friends kind of react to it? 
Well, surprisingly, most of my friends just still treated me like who I who I was, you know, and who I still am actually. Um, but it's it's um, been a bit hard to juggle homework with assignment. I mean, homework with music at the same time because. Like I've got these big, I'm working with these big names now, but I've also got to do my math homework. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's actually what I was wondering. You know, are you still planning on finishing all of your schooling? Are you looking at university, or do you just want to, you know, focus on your music career? Go out there. Well, to me, education is is really important because if if this music, you know, doesn't work out, I want to have something to fall back on, mm. and I don't want to have average grades, you know, I want to be able to excel in grades so that I can have another career if um, this doesn't work out, which I'm hoping that doesn't happen because it's what I love to do, you know? Yeah, this is like a dream come true for you. Yeah, it's crazy. That's an, that's an amazing attitude to have because that's, a, that's sort of the whole point of our program here at Front and Centre. We're hoping to inspire young, uh, <clears throat> young Australians to, you know, to inspire young Australians to, uh, to follow their dreams but also you know it's such a great attitude to have that you've got the education as a as a fallback as well how do you find yeah. like balancing that um because it'd be a huge balancing act between yeah you know like you said really needing to devote yourself to your music and as well as your education yeah well um every i feel like every month um or even every week um my music gets like takes up more of my time and um it's it's i've been able to you know like juggle both at the same time but I feel like I'm going to get to a point where music's just going to take up so much time I won't be able to do assignments but luckily um, I have teachers at my school that are willing to to take some stuff off or help me out and give me some give me some time to, to hand in assignments even if they're a bit late but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're collaborating with people you've just had an awesome collaboration recently which we'll get to in a second how do people you collaborate with how do they like deal with you? Do they is it just like normal, or you know, do they uh, just, do they act a bit differently because of your age? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're definitely a bit um, confused, <laughs> but they they like to. Um, I like how they treat they treat me like I'm another you know another musician, which is really good because I don't want to be treated like a kid when it comes to the music industry. So um, it's really cool because I've met these big names and. They've been happy to chat with me and stuff, and I think they've been a bit surprised about you know how I how I have a look on this kind of stuff because yeah other people might um, take take it for granted or you know uh, kind of I don't know t- take what they're doing in a different direction and if you if you know what I mean by that like I feel like I'm pretty level for what I do um, I do have a habit of getting a big head every now and then but <laughs> I always. <laughs> try. Well, it's it's a bit hard not to when all this stuff is happening, you know. But um, yeah, I've been yeah, I've been just trying to stay, you know, myself, and I don't want to <laughs> turn into someone who thinks they're awesome because if you think you're awesome, no one's going to think you're awesome, you know. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. that's a gratitude to to have sort of going into it, and yeah, exactly it keeps you grounded. So that's stops you from doing anything stupid, and it, it'll probably make you more successful yeah. as well. Keep you going further. I'm just amazed yeah. at how mature. You sound. Are we talking to a 34-year-old or a 14-year-old? I, th- I think we are talking to a 34-year-old uh, here, Sean. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot to tell you. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually 40 years old. So, oh, yeah. you just like, you well, got like a mask on. That's like, you got this disguise going. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm wearing, I'm wearing some, 
some moustaches right now so that you oh, can't. Plot twist. The plot twist. Yeah. Gotta rip off the moustache, like we can't see you, but you're gonna rip off your moustache right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually yeah, I thought it would help, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like in amongst all of this um race, do you ever get a chance to like you know, like we were talking about before, do you ever get a chance to sort of put down the music, step back, step back from school and just be a kid, you know, go out with your mates, have a you know, have a bit of a chill, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I have the time. Like, I'm I'm a big gamer, so <laughs> I play a lot of games with my friends online because nice. I moved to a new school and I didn't know anyone. So, like, yeah, I, I do get to catch up with a few friends, but, yeah, I play online <laughs> a lot with my friends and I do kick the footy around a bit. And yeah. yeah, I do have time. Like, I always I always make sure I have time to, you know, be, be a kid still because that's, I don't want to. Ha- I don't want to look back and go, "Damn, I didn't have a childhood," because <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. My God, yeah, that's so true. Did you find it? Did you find it hard making new friends if they knew? Like, did they know about your sort of celebrity status? Well, when I went to this uh, new school, like, I didn't actually tell anyone who I was. I was like, "Hey, I'm Reese," and the good thing is, a lot of people didn't know about my music, so that was pretty good. And I made a. I made some some real friends so I didn't want to say hey I'm Black Summer because I don't want anyone to you know be friends with me because of my music I want to have some real friends you know yeah don't want to surround yourself with the fakes and stuff yeah yeah and then and then you drop the bass and everyone's like oh my god Reese's Black Summer what (laughs) yeah my friends were a bit confused yeah they just like they were matching up the face and the and the stuff and they're like what wait what (laughs) have people have people got you playing at their 13ths and 14ths (laughs) yeah I I have done some uh, some gigs at people's parties in the past which is really cool cool. yeah and uh, I don't know like the Woden stock in uh, they do in Woden there's a special needs school that have a music festival called Woden stock where it's um, uh, people from around Canberra uh, go to perform, like in bands and stuff. Yeah. And I always, I always do it for free because, like, I just love seeing, you know, the smiles on people's faces when I perform, and it's, it's just good fun in general because the people at that school go insane when I play some new tracks and stuff. So, sick as, yeah. Well, sounds like you're doing some fantastic stuff. We're back live, Sean. That kid's a legend, don't you think? Oh, it was an absolute pleasure talking to Reese. I mean, this guy, as I said in that little snippet there somewhere, he was just so mature for a 14-year-old. Hard to hard Ridiculous. to remember what I was like when I was 14, but this yeah. guy is so grounded. Not up to that level. Yeah, just absolutely smashing it. Yeah. We're not done with him yet, though. We'll be back with um, the rest of our interview with him, plus the quick fire round. So stay tuned for that one, guys. For now, we're going to throw to his own latest single. This is Young Like Me, Feet Lol, um, by Black Summer. Enjoy. Cheetah boat. Wake me up before you go, go. Maybe something like that. You're on front and center with Sean and Julza on Sin Nation. That was Young Like Me, Feet Low by Black Summer. Sean, how awesome was that song? I love that song. Such a catchy tune. I was just saying off air how much of a banger that song is. I just love, I have a little bit of a boogie here in the studio. Just a real nice, upbeat kind of song. And absolutely blows my mind when I think that a 14-year-old guy, yeah. uh, you know, it's in his early years of high school, has made that song just ridiculous. Oh, it's it's incredible. It, it, yeah, you know, like you said, Sean, there's no other way to describe it apart from mind-blowing. But, I mean, there's no point just hearing about it from us. Let's get back. Let's cut back to our interview with him, and you, you can just hear him tell it more. So, guys, we're back with you guys in about, you know, 10 minutes. Enjoy. All righty, let's talk about your 
latest track which you released earlier this month or late last month? June. June. Yeah. So that's uh, Young Like Me. It's featuring Lau. Yeah, super catchy song. Did I pronounce that right? How do you pronounce it? Oh, we actually had to ask. Yeah, it was. It's lol. <laughs> lol. Okay. <laughs> Tell us a bit yeah. about that tune and uh, you know just the process in writing it and then you know going on to record it. It's a pretty great yeah, song. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, it started off like I would write like um around twenty tracks and um I'd send them off to uh, my producer in LA and he'd go, okay, I'll hook you up with a singer, and he actually met lol uh, my producer. He actually met lol when he was helping out with the music video for Where Are You Now, oh, that right. song with Justin Bieber and Jack U, yeah, oh and um, she was happy to, to do a song with me, even at the time I was 13, so it would, if I was her, I would have been a bit hesitant because, you know, working with a kid on a song, you know, is a bit, is a bit weird, yeah. <laughs> but um, it kind of just, yeah, it just went back and forth, like I would send countless versions of the, of the song, and um, Lowell would sing over it, and then I just... Um, yeah, just um, add stuff and uh, change stuff until it turned into what you're hearing on the on the radio. Yeah. So how long did that take? Like, how long was the overall process from from the very first track you sent out to to yeah the finished product we have today? Well, there, it took a long time. Like it took over a year. Not wow. because it was a difficult. It was difficult, but not just because it was a difficult song to make. But I didn't have. And I didn't have much skill in music at the time, like compared to what I know now. Like I had to, I had to learn stuff. And yeah, and tech in LA, he was almost like my mentor in a way. Like he was teaching me stuff and talking to me about chords and all that kind of stuff. So I was, it was kind of like a learning process while I made this song. Yeah. I guess it's also just the nature of collaborating now. You don't always have the luxury of face-to-face, you know, everyone's in the studio at once, there's a lot of over-the-internet kind of back and forth, that must make it take a lot longer yeah. as well. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a, bit, a bit hard because I've only um, gone to America once and, and that was for the music video, so, I mean, if it wasn't for the internet, um, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be doing this because, like, uh, my family's not wealthy, we can't just, you know, travel... <laughs> back and forth to America and back to Australia. So yeah, every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dropbox helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So going to America to shoot a music video—that's that incredible. Been, that must, is awesome. Must have been pretty cool. I think I saw some photos from was it Santa Barbara or something. How was that experience? Uh, it was insane. Like I've, <laughs> I saw Venice Beach and Santa Cruz on TV all the time. You'll you see people wearing Santa Cruz shirts and all these cool shirts that from America and stuff. And I was, I've always wanted to go to America because it, it's always been the place where all the movies and all the, all the music and, you know, all the, all the cool games and stuff come from. So it was, it was pretty interesting. I mean, Venice beach was a bit weird, but it was cool. <laughs> You'd be sitting at a cafe and there'd be like people dressed as unicorns riding on skateboards. So, yeah, <laughs> That's the most random thing ever. Yeah. Another question I think a lot of people wonder is where the name Black Summer came from. Well, um, when I was going to upload my music to Triple J on Earth, I was just making music for fun, and my dad joking, jokingly said, "Oh, why don't we put it up on Earth?" And I was, I was like, "Oh, no thanks," because I, I wasn't, I was a bit nervous about it because yeah. I didn't really want to share my music. But my dad, 
said that I should. So I was like, I thought about it, and I, was, and I thought, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good idea. And um, I was my name before was actually DJ Tomcat, which is <laughs> <laughs> like the that. name given. Yeah, which was a name given by some family members <laughs> that I stuck with because, yeah. you know, like it, it was I, di- I couldn't I didn't think of a better name. <laughs> so when we were um, putting my music up, uh, my dad was like, "So you gotta keep calling yourself DJ Tomcat," and I felt like if I was gonna pe- post this music up, this was probably gonna be my 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 real name, you know. So I looked around the room and I saw my dad's car. He's framed picture of his car. He's very proud of his car, and it said Black Betty. And I was, and I saw that word. I'm like black. And then I looked down and I saw a summer at sign. I'm like black summer. And he's like black summer. And I'm like yeah, let's let's do black summer. And he was like you sure? And I'm like yep, let's do it. And he That's said, okay. sick. Well, so, Stark and seems to be working for you. Yeah, yeah. Knowing what you know now, what is some advice you could give to people younger than yourself who are thinking about getting into it, but you know maybe think that they can't or you know that they're too young? What would you say to them? Well, you're never too young to to make music. You can you just experiment, you know, try, like Flume said, you know, try new things and um, just have some fun, you know. Don't don't be too, like, um, don't criticize your music. Always make stuff for fun. Don't feel like you have to make a hit, you know. Like, I've, I've always made these tiny little projects that they aren't very good, but every time I make a song, I learn something new and um, I feel like you just... Don't don't pigeonhole yourself to a genre either. Always make new stuff. So basically, what I'm just what I'm just saying is just try new things and think outside the box. Pretty much. That's some awesome yeah. advice, Reese. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. You're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Jules are on Sin Nation. Now we're just going to have a little bit of fun. We're just going to ask you a series of um, random questions. In what okay. I like to call the the quick fire round. <laughs> oh God! Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse my friend Julian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first quick fire question. We've got five. Reese. First one. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, um, shape shifting. <laughs> because it's I could shape shift my yeah. I could shape shift my DNA into someone with a superpower. So yeah. Oh. <laughs> And then, like, out of nowhere, you're Superman. And then the next thing you know, you're yeah, a Flash. Exactly. Oh, I love it. That's yeah. great. I've never heard someone talk about shapes of you like that. That's very smart. I like it. Got to go to the 14-year-olds, sure. Exactly. i got to go to the 14-year-olds for my superpower ideas. Um, okay, next one. Um, if you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be? Oh, that's a hard one. Probably mango-flavored. Oh, mango. Why? Mango's my favourite flavour. It is yeah. a great flavour. I love mango. Even in winter, I can smash down a Always couple of Always smash scoops. down a couple of mango gelati. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bit of mango <laughs> sorbet in, the, uh, in a, in a, in a two-degree winter day. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you're only young, but you, I'm sure you've been to a few places. Well, I hope anyway, otherwise this question's not going to work. What's <laughs> the best place you've ever travelled to and why? Well... Probably, well, are you asking the most interesting place or the most fun place? Or your favourite place. Your favourite, yeah. Well, it's actually in Australia, um, the Twelve Apostles. Oh, yeah, uh, gorgeous. Why do you enjoy that? I love it there. Why? Yeah. Because just the view there, like, it's insane. Like, I've always seen it when I've been at school. Like, they always show the Twelve Apostles. And I've never been really impressed by it because it's a photo photo of it. So... 
we my parents went there one day and took us and I saw I saw the views and it was just it was just beautiful like the water was so blue and yeah it's it's great there yeah, yeah it's a pretty special place it's like a postcard there are only like eight apostles I think now which is a bit sad you know fun, yeah. fun fact um, when I was about like eight I went to the Tob Apostles the next day one of the Tob Apostles fell over True story. Far out. Never go back. Never go back. Never go back, Jules. <laughs> I went back again last year. Nothing's happened yet. So here's hoping that they don't keep falling. I think one of my family members was actually there when one fell down, actually. Oh, wow. That would have been, that would have been epic. Oh. You're both yeah. jinxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. What is your theme song that pumps you up? What gets you going Looking forward to, to this answer. write some new music? Well, probably a song called Something New by Getter. That's really fresh kind of song. It's always it always sounds new. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's really good. Yeah, it always gets me inspired to make stuff. Yeah, fantastic. That's I'll awesome. Check it out. Yeah, that's always good to have that song that you just when you're feeling a bit down and a bit of a lolly, just chuck it on and away you go. You're you're uh, smashing it out. Yeah, yeah. All right, one last question. And this is probably going to be the hardest one. If you could have oh, dinner yeah. with one single musician, who would it be? Oh, man. Oh, um, that's hard. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is like, who's, who's my favorite musician? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Probably, oh, it's hard. Probably like, I don't know, probably Flume or, or a guy called... Misogi, he does trap music because their music is it's just so unique, you know, like it's the sounds they use. I don't know, probably Misogi actually. Yeah. Yeah. You think you could just sort of sit down with him for just hours and just probe his brain? Yeah. <laughs> Ask him like a thousand questions, yeah, about how he does stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> Get a recording device going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh Reese, I think we've uh, had an absolutely fantastic oh. chat. Thanks absolutely. so much for joining us. What's on the agenda for the rest of the year for you? Well, um, I've got two new remixes coming. Hopefully, I've got some coming soon. I can't talk. I can't talk about them yet because they haven't been announced, unfortunately. Oh. So under wraps. Very. Can't give us a hint about any of the big the big projects you're working on. Uh, I, I one I can. Um, it they I met them uh, recently. On a TV thing, so I can't really talk about it yet. So, well, yeah. I like it. I like the I like the uh, the spit suspicion, the suspense. <laughs> yeah, and I've also got hopefully a single coming out soon to follow up Young Like Me. So. Awesome. Absolutely. Any any album plans? Well, our, the EP has always been, you know, in my in the back of my mind that I want to do, but I don't know. I just I think I think I'm just going to get my name out there a little bit more before I release this this big selection of songs you know so that yeah. bit of a player out keep smashing yeah. at your maths and English homework <laughs> yeah <laughs> well Reese, thank you so much for having a chat with us I gotta say um, never ever lose your attitude man and never ever lose your the spirit and you know what inspires you because it looks like you've definitely got your head in the right place and if you never lose that I think we're definitely going to see your name on the big stage and the big radio stations playing you definitely thank you yeah thanks Thanks, it was a lot of fun. We're social. You can find Front and Centre by searching us on Facebook.
or on Twitter at Front Center Sin. That's S Y N. Welcome back to Front and Center. You're listening with Sean and Julesa, your favorite radio hosts. Guys, what an awesome interview! Yeah, super great conversation with Reese, 14-year-old DJ producer out of Canberra. If you're just joining us, we'll, we will endeavour to get that podcast up online as soon as possible for you guys to listen to, and a bit of a you know a bit of a different music taste than you might normally hear from us this evening. Very electronic. You, you like those songs, Jules? I do. I love Bangarang. Bangarang. I love Skrillex. <laughs> I actually really, I genuinely love Skrillex. So I'm always happy. Think, I'm always keeping a bit of Skrillex in the background. I think that's your 16-year-old self talking, Jules. I love doing. Get, Skr- get rid of him. <laughs> Skrillex with some maths homework, guys. That's my secret. Oh, everyone asks, Jules, how do you do it? Skrillex did maths homework. No. Um, guys, got a couple of shout-outs here. First, I'd like to shout-out our friend Chelsea and her blog, Frenchie by Chelsea Elizabeth. You can see Sean and Jules are on her newest <laughs> vlog, so look it up on YouTube. That's Chelsea Elizabeth. And around 10.54, you can see me. About 13 minutes in, you can see Sean and Jules, um, Sean and Jules are having a boogie at yeah. our Italian ball on Friday. So that was a old, good time. Funny old video. Thanks for including us, Chelsea. And check that out. Another shout-out to good old mate Alex. He said, you've got a really good guest on tonight. I follow him on Spotify and love listening to Black Summer on Triple J. He is on top of it. Thanks so much for that one, Alex. Well, yeah, we really enjoyed talking to him uh, earlier on in the week and so happy to play that for you today. Now, uh, today is a bit of a special day. Before we wrap up, I'd just like to highlight uh, that today is Are You OK Day, a really fantastic initiative uh, trying to you know get everybody to you know just look out for your mates and ask them if they're okay. You know, me- mental illness and uh, is a very serious issue for a lot of people. So having that meaningful conversation with them could uh, prove all the difference, Jules. It could. Um, I know people that you know a bit of a conversation is the difference between life and death, guys. So take it seriously. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's also important you know, to remember this not just today, but you know to translate this into 365 days a year. Keep an eye on your mates. Ask them if they're all right. And, you know, just just look out for everyone. Sean's a big ambassador to that. Whenever I walk into uni, Sean's like, Jules, how are you really? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get the tears. Yeah. Like, Jules, Sean, tell me. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I'm in a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you graduate in like five weeks. Oh, uh, Sean, gonna... stop. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. On that lovely note, we're going to leave you once again. Like Sean said, check us out. On uh, our socials, we're going to be playing that for you in a minute. Check out our podcast if you missed us out. It's been a great show, but get excited because next week we're going to have another amazing time. Yeah, looking forward to it. We uh, looked last week, as we, we mentioned last week, TEDx Youth happened in Sydney. So we are going to be talking to one or two, yet to be confirmed. We'll see about the two. <laughs> one, or, one or two people who uh, were at TEDx Youth, what went down, and you know, just keep putting young people front and centre. Thanks for tuning in to Front and Centre with Sean and Julesa on our weekly podcast. What another great show. That was super fun. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 7pm on Sin Nation or on our podcast a few days later. We will be interviewing more incredible young people and exploring more awesome, unheard of news. So, Sean, I'm pretty excited. We'll see you then.